Hello and welcome to Run the Table. I'm your host, Bryce Tinson. You, Obert's back with a with a fresh cut, it looks like. Yes, I got my hair cut. How you feeling? Um, I've with the haircut. Uh, she's yeah, yeah. Kind of like a C minus, honestly. Okay. I thought I thought she could have done a better job, but hey. um, okay. She yeah, she got done. She was like, I bought that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I absolutely bought that. So you and tipped her. Like, you, you tipped her. I was good, like, right? what you could have what you could have done something. She's like, no, I cannot. There's no going back. I can't make your hair longer. I was like, all right, well, shit. So, um, I don't know. I made the bed. I got it. Well, she made the bed. Now you have to sleep right. in it. So it is what it is, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay, what do you, how are you feeling about your picks? Uh, one and five in the NFL. What did I go in college? I think you were four and two. I think we all went four yeah, and yeah. two in college. I had a good week in college, so what did I go? Um, five and seven, not good enough. Yeah, not good enough. Was this the week that you um, said you were going? No, it was the week before. Yeah, okay. which I didn't. Because yeah, um, you weren't on last week's pick, so. Um, but, you know. Uh, it was disappointing. Uh, NFL, particularly. I mean, I gotta listen. I didn't watch many NFL games. We were driving back to uh, Columbus, so I would have had to really look at what I did. But driving I just, back from where? Uh, Columbus. You said you were driving back from. Yeah, Columbus. That's where we were. We were in Dublin, Ohio. Oh, were you coming back here? Is yeah. that what you were saying? Driving back from Ohio. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Columbus. I mean, it's only an hour and a half, right? Yeah. But, so, I mean, the, we don't have more – well, I mean, we do, but we don't have them all, you know, smushed together like that, so we're just watching the Browns get pummeled. <laughs> Fair and, enough. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Let's – Okay. Don't ask me questions then, but whatever. <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on a second. I didn't need to hear – listen, I had a – did you not make a Browns takeaway? No. <laughs> wait, what? I thought, were, I thought for sure you are going to make a DTR takeaway. No. Oh, wow. Okay, let's get into it then. Um, we're going to start with college football, as we usually do. Over. Give me your first takeaway from week five of the college football season. USA golf needs a change in attitude. Um, I'm serious, by the way. I am. I absolutely made a made a this takeaway. Is about the Cup. Um, this is unbelievable. I said a couple of my takeaways were going to be off the wall. They I did are, not think. I did not think it was this <laughs> off the wall. Yeah, it's not even about college football. Um, I watched all of the Ryder Cup. I got up at five in the morning too. Wait, but it started at one. Yeah, I didn't. Well, listen. So the you're not first dedicated. One, hold on. The first time I was like, "All right, Jordan Spieth's not playing." They did the match. They also before, got killed. And I was like, "Okay, whatever. I'll let it go. You know, I'll, I'll get up and you know, we'll get out to a two to two, three one start. <clears throat> you know, I'll get started today. We're down four nothing, and you know what I mean. So I wake up and it's boof. You just get with boom, huge left hook right in the face, bam. Um, and then. We, uh, go you couldn't have made this like takeaway five. Why did it have to be the first? No, this is, this is what we're leading with. Leading the show with it. Um, what the people want to hear about. Um, yeah, and uh, and then boom, just like that, we're down six and a half to one and a half after day one. We play sloppy in, in session two. The point being, we hadn't played in five weeks before this. The European guys played two weeks beforehand at whatever European championship, getting themselves in tournament ro- mode ready for play. You know, you have to, it's hard to do this, but everyone wants to talk about the setup of the course, the, you know, uh, home home court with the fans advantage, all of that. What it boils down to is it's a momentum-based, you know, you know, tournament event. And Europe is coming back from a brutal loss in America. They got a big chip on their shoulder. Coming home, they will do whatever it takes to win. 
You know, that was the difference. We're coming off of, you know, one of the biggest wins in Ryder Cup history. We're like, all right, that's fine. We'll just kind of waltz on in, do the same thing again. No, you can't do that. You have to think, we haven't won in Europe in 30 years. We are going to come in with every bit of anger, determination, passion, aggression, and go in there and shock the world. But uh, but we don't want to do that. And until we do, it's going to continue this way with, you know, Europeans going ole, 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 dancing around ole, on Joe Lacava's yeah, grave. Um, and uh, and I'll be very sad. I mean, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. Bryce, uh, Bryce pooped himself, you know, to put it. Violently. Uh, yeah, violently, he said. I You know, I, I wasn't there for that, but that's what he said. So, anyway. Um, would, would you be upset if I said I didn't watch a single hole? I would be stunned. I would be absolutely stunned. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch a single hole. Okay, so he hates our country. Um, we knew Well, clearly, this. USA Golf hates our country as well with yeah. that performance. So. Um, you know, they. You know, it was the first time in a long time. Like, Jordan Spieth made me, you know, I'm proud to be an American. You know, like I'll, I'll say. Proud to be an American. You know, the only guy who made me close to proud was, free. you know, Patrick Cantlay. That was it. Wait, uh, but he didn't wear the hat. He didn't wear the hat, but he was ice. He was straight. That was the ice. only. That was the only thing I, I heard coming yeah, out of the Ryder he, Cup. Was he, didn't um, wear the hat. he didn't. He wanted to get it didn't paid. Fit his head. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I don't think so. That uh, was what his dad said. Yeah, that's what he said. But wait, um, no, 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 no. His dad said he's got a wedding coming up. Yeah, and he doesn't want to. Get, no, that's what Xander Shoffley's dad said. Oh jeez. Whoa. Yeah. So Xander Shoffley and Cantlay are like besties because they're okay. one of the greatest Ryder Cup tandems of all time. And uh, Shoffley's dad said that. Um, he had a season-ending injury. Or, oh, geez, uh, sorry, personal life. No, he said that. I can't believe I did that. He said that he was he was getting he was getting married, uh, and so he didn't want the tan line. And then Cantlay addressed that, and he was like, uh, "Sure, yeah, we'll go with that." <laughs> but the truth is, um, at least the rumors are that he wanted to get paid for playing in the Ryder Cup for using you know the players' likeness. Obviously, mm. to sell a huge product, um, which she's probably right about, honestly. But, um, yeah. but you know, I don't know. Doesn't the winning team get paid? No. Well, it, so the 20% of the money goes to the PGA Tour, which goes to the players. So it's like, oh, it's getting back oh. to you. So but it's not it's getting filtered through 200 players, Got like it. 180 of whom aren't Darn. in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> yeah. So um, it can be frustrating. But, yeah, so that's kind of the thought process. But, you know, yeah, we need to we need to do a better job. If we're ever- yes! Wow. How does this help you? Because the guy, so the, I'm in a dynasty league, and um, so it was a forty dollars buy in. I have Witherspoon, folks. Pick six. I have Gino. He has DJ. It was literally I was down by point two points. Wow. So damn. So pretty big. That is big. And, huge, and Daniel Jones just threw a pick six. Um, but yeah, we have to do also, better. Also, Devon Witherspoon, pretty good at football. Yeah, we have to do better if we want to be better. And right now, we're not doing enough. That's the bottom line. Um, okay, that was talking golf. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, so my first college football, I guess our first college football takeaway, normally this is not how this goes, parity has never been higher amongst the top teams. I've seen a lot of people say on Twitter, and rightly so, that college football right now doesn't have a true elite number one team. There are probably 15 teams that you can make an argument for, as of right now, have a shot at winning the national championship. I don't know when the last time we've been able to say that, right? So parity, fantastic, great. You want to know another thing, though? We've had exactly one upset of unranked overranked with a double-digit double point spread. 
this season. You want to know what it was? Duke and Clemson. It was Duke over Clemson. And we found out, hey, Duke's actually a really good team. We were just a little low on them to start the season. Um, So, yeah, uh, what is my point here? My point is I don't know how much NIL and the transfer portal are really helping those lower schools. Now, it's it's year one of like uh, maybe year two, you could say, of like this entire college football landscape changing. I don't know how much is going to continue uh, or if it'll help in the future. Because when you're good at the at the group of five level, you're going to get a lot of money to go and play at some of these power five schools. Like some of the numbers we heard during last year's uh, portal cycle were insane numbers. Like there's a reason that Sean Lewis left a head coaching job at Kent State to go to Colorado to be an offensive coordinator. Right? Like it, it's a better situation for him because it's damn near impossible to keep guys around that are good at the group of five level um, with, with how much money some of these schools are being able to offer. And so, yes, the parity is great amongst the top tier teams. And, and, and I do love that. Like it's fun. Not, not knowing who like week to week, you could have a different number one team and it'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. That makes a lot of sense. But it, it's also like, where's the, where's the cool upset on a Saturday that, that, you know, we talked about like last year and yes, they weren't great teams. We had app state over Texas A&M. We had Marshall over Notre Dame. Like that's what, that's what makes college football fun is the unpredictability of, of a Saturday when you can have a 18 and a half point favorite playing host to some group of five team and they go into their place and they beat them. And, and, And it's like, it's shock and awe. We haven't had that this year. Um, I don't know if we will, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's but just, also, it's just something it, it I will noticed. be fun to have four ranked matchups next week. That is true. It, it will, and and legitimately good. T- eh, maybe not all of them, but like we have a, a a really good amount of good teams this year. It feels like anyway. We'll, we'll see what happens as we get later in the season. But like when you're making your top twenty five, it really feels like that you can interchange like a lot of those last five teams, and it's like yeah, I I can make an argument for all of these teams, and so. College football for the Power Five, I don't think, has been better. College football as a whole, when you talk about the 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 level of competitiveness of the Group of Five into the Power Five, I don't know if I, I, to me NIL and the transfer portal is really doing a lot of damage to those teams, and I just don't know if they'll be able to recover just because they don't have the funds to be able to do funds and resources to be able to do so. Um, oh, this is a tough one. Notre Dame isn't special. Um, oh. So they started off the year three and one. Close loss to Ohio State. Played very well on Probably that game. Probably should have won that game. Probably should have won that game. Come back the next week. Probably should have lost to Duke. Mm. Uh, fourth and 16. Having the ball. Absolutely having to get it. And Mike Elko decides, no, I'm not going to rush five, which I've had <laughs> success with all game. Which was crazy because literally the three plays before that, he yes. puts his... <laughs> I'm not going to even rush four. Your standard four down lineman. No, I'm going to rush three. And beyond that, I'm going to play man coverage all across the board, eight guys into coverage. I guess that would be my only guess, mm-hmm. unless yep. like somehow the zone coverage was thirty yards behind maybe, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I was going to say maybe um, you say play it at the sticks, but like you should have eyes in the backfield then. Um, and come to find out, Sam Hartman literally has at the very least twenty yards of green grass ahead of him because you would think the defenders would sort of close the gap, or maybe they didn't. Um, and easily picks up a first down with his legs. That was absolutely an ugly performance from the Notre Dame offense. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I mean, punt after punt after punt after punt and a couple of field goals mixed in. They did have a couple of nice plays to uh, salvage the performance. But the more I think about this team, they're great on the ground, but they have absolutely zero play. And obviously they were down their two, top two receivers. Yeah. I get that. All of that's true. But they're and, like those top two receivers aren't like elite playmakers. Right. On the outside. But, you know, you look back in the last 15, 20 years of Brian Kelly, Notre Dame teams, and it was scrappy, good defensive, hard nosed, you know, teams with good tight ends that found a way to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Wait, but they and, have those this year. Yeah. And squeak into the college oh, football you're, playoff, okay, but then get absolutely ran by an Alabama, a Georgia, a Clemson, a whoever, and not make any real noise. So, yes, you know, this Notre Dame team could be shysty because they don't beat themselves, and well, unless they run 10 guys out against Ohio State. But, but yes, they could do those little things well, but any chance of really uh, competing for a national championship, I don't see. The only way they do is if... What we talk about happens or is happening right now, which is literally no team has emerged as a number yeah. one team in college football, and they're able to win these sorts of games in the biggest scale. More likely, though, Michigan emerges, Georgia emerges, no, Texas emerge. emerges. One of these teams kicks off what has been, you know, well, not for Texas, but a couple of these teams kick off what has been, you know, not the typical start to the season and mm-hmm. become true powers like we've seen in the past for many years in college football. Like, obviously, this is sort of a weird start to the year with no team. But a lot of the times, this is kind of how it goes. You know, I mean, it's hard for a team to go wire to wire 12-0 and 0 and be just absolutely the best team in college which football is crazy. all but, year. Which is crazy how hard it actually is because we've seen, it feels like we've seen it yeah, but I every mean, you year. pointed out the LSU thing. I think even yeah, LSU in 2019 was like it felt like really the one exception though. Like yeah. 22, it was it was we knew Georgia was elite. There yeah. was, they were the number one team the entire season. I think even at the beginning though, with non conference, the whole talk at least from us was that their defense wasn't as good as last year. You know, well it wasn't. They yeah, they went from the true. they went from the number one overall defense in twenty twenty two like twenty twenty one to it was like number six overall in twenty two. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I think I think somebody will likely emerge, um, and if that's the case, I don't really see Notre Dame of all of these teams. Listen, of the teams in my top ten, top fifteen, you mentioned top fifteen teams could win the national championship. I actually, I think I agree with that. But the difference is there are five teams that really have the potential to go above and beyond, uh, and I don't think Notre Dame is one of them. And last week, I probably kind of did. Um, I thought if their offense had put it together, they could be as good as any team in the country with Sam Hartman at quarterback. That was kind of the thought process of like, all right, Notre Dame doesn't have the playmakers, but even their quarterback isn't good enough to make them a bona fide you know, national championship contender. Well... I still don't think it's very different. Um, we'll see how it goes, but um, I easily, especially with the schedule, I think this it's team a is brutal schedule. I think this it team is. is closer to nine and three than they are to uh, making the college football playoff. It, it, they have by far the toughest schedule in college football. This I mean, year. we'll get into it in the picks episode, but would it surprise you if they got you know uh, beat by Louisville? To me, yes. I don't think Louisville's that good of a team. We'll see, but I think they could easily lose that game. You're probably right. I mean, two back back to coming off of back to back emotional weeks. Yeah, and I did want to say that too. It's like they didn't get any you know scheduling favors. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? No, they like, did not. That was that was tough. No. But yeah. I don't think anybody pictured Duke being this this feisty. Yeah, um, Missouri. Okay, so we talk a lot about the SEC 
I feel like we're talking about the wrong teams. And and Missouri's not going to wow you, you know, with with some of these the outcomes of their games. Yes, they beat Kansas State, but the very next week they only beat Memphis by seven. And Memphis actually looks like a good team um, after they just came off of a win against Boise State. I think it was a 35-32 win or something along those lines. But Missouri might be able to play spoiler this year, and it's because of two guys. I'm 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 really talking to Georgia here because Georgia's got Missouri on the schedule. We saw what what they were able to do last year when that was in Columbia. they got to go to Athens this year. But I feel like they might be more capable of pulling off an upset this year, and here's why. Their quarterback, Brady Cook, has been one of the best and least talked about quarterbacks in the country. Right now this season, he's at 1,500 yards passing. He's got 11 touchdowns, and he's got no interceptions, giving him a 187 QBR, which I think puts him in the top 10. And who is he throwing to, you might ask? Probably the best wide receiver in college football this year. It's not Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, it's Luther Burden, five-star guy that they were able to keep home. He's from Columbia. He's from the Missouri area. This is his second year as a sophomore. They were able to keep him home. Huge get for Eli Drinkwitz at that offense and, the, and the, just that program in general. What has he done so far this season? Against South Dakota week one, he goes seven catches, 96 yards of touchdown. Against Middle Tennessee week two, he goes eight for 117. Against Kansas State week uh, week three, he goes seven, 114, two touchdowns. Against Memphis in week four, 10 catches, 177 yards. And then Vandy this past week, 11 for 140 and two touchdowns. He has this season... Let me, let me break it down for you. He's second in, rece- in receptions with 43 receptions so far this season. In four games, or five, in five games, he has 644 yards. That is the most in college football. And he's got the five touchdowns, which the touchdowns are such a weird stat because, like, Roman Wilson has, I think, eight at this point uh, on the season, and he has, like, 450 receiving yards. So um, he's really a, you know, short field merchant. Um, but why is this Luther Burden pace so special well he's outpacing Devonte smith in Devonte smith's heisman year and yes i i, I was reminded today Devonte smith won a heisman um when i was Is like right? i was like it's like oh yeah he did win a heisman that year that's that's crazy yeah he's outpacing him luther burden is been has been unbelievable this season um and it was really kind of the breakout that you were hoping for because he has the talent there was a reason he was a five-star brady cook though has been even more impressive with his performance this season, um, uh, it's truly this team. Like they're like I said, their their games so far this season haven't been insane, but they have all the makings of a team that's going to come in one game and just oh surprise some people. I don't know, man. Watch out for the Missouri Tigers. Did not think I would be saying that. Honestly, hot take, real quick. Just going to fire it off, and and this is kind of. Uh, I'm still workshopping it. They might be the second best team in the East. They might be better. They might be better than Kentucky. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I just said it, and we're gonna ride with it. I like it. Um, I still have some doubts on Penn State. Um, obviously, listen. Fair enough. I I have this team. I think at nine or ten. I think at nine. I have them at eight in my top twenty-five. And honestly, I think there's a bit of a gap between what I had was Oregon and those caliber Washington right above them. Uh, and then nine with Penn State. If, like, you know, I don't want to go too much on Penn State, but all I'll say is if Ohio State had been tied in Northwestern 10-10 at halftime, I would have buried them. I would have. I, yeah. I would have put them, like, like 14 in my top 20. You're right. I didn't, move, I didn't move them down at all. Yeah, I would have absolutely <laughs> buried this team. I didn't even think and about that. 
It didn't get a ton of coverage. I think they're six in the top 25. I don't think the AP has really caught up on this. Um, obviously, they woke up in the second half and absolutely rolled Northwestern. It was 41-13 to 13 in the end. But the point I'm getting at is this offense hasn't put up 400 yards, which isn't the end all be all, but it hasn't put up 400 yards in four or five games. Um, last week, put up 353 against Northwestern. Again, not, not the Northwestern team of old. Not that Northwestern of old was, you know, good. I mean, they won, what, one game last year, two yes. games. They won one um, game last year. No hate to Pat Fitz. And it was um, the, it was against Nebraska. Actually, yes, Dublin. hate to Pat Fitz. Uh, dude's probably a scumbag. Um, but come on, right? He probably is. Wait, how uh, can you say that? Come on, man. The program, it was in well, He said he didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, and Drew Aller hasn't had 200 yards passing yeah, in a long time. He's a fraud. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what, like... It's just tough with this team. Uh, you go back to Illinois, they went for just under 400 yards, uh, and you're like, oh, well, Illinois had some stout defenses. Gave up 44 to Purdue last week. Um, not the. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that Ryan Walters really made that defense. Uh, it, maybe it was the fact that they had three NFL DBs in that in that secondary. Yeah. But, oh, that, uh, not, not a good defense. Absolutely not. Penn State's just been mid the entire year. on, And obviously the West Virginia one is actually looking better and better. That's the biggest surprise of all of Neil this. Neil Brown, man. You but, saved yourself. Um, their best offensive performance is Delaware, maybe. Yes. Um, so, yes. And, and and what it all boils down to at Penn State, forget about AP right now, forget about everything. The bottom line is, and Penn State fans know this, the coaches know this, the players know this, it's about beating Ohio State or Michigan. And the more I watch Penn State, the more I think they have absolutely no chance to beat either of them this year. At Ohio State and home against Michigan, I don't think they're better than either of those teams. I don't think it's that close right now. We'll see what happens, but that's kind of been the bottom line since Franklin's been there the past i don't know 10 no yeah five ten years uh, uh is, is we're getting close to 10 aren't we yeah yeah was it 15 was yeah. his first year i think that's right yeah so seven or eight years now the bottom line has been that passing game and uh i i don't think it's i don't think it's where it needs to be so we we'll haven't even ran the ball that well no they have not that's a good point um singleton and allen have not been uh have not been really unstoppable like you'd think they'd be and so this team still has some flaws um, can I can I give you a like devil's advocate? Yeah, Evanston at eleven a.m. is one of the toughest atmospheres in college football. It is, so they say. Tough to wake up for that game. Yeah. Um. Okay. Third takeaway. I'm making I'm making the Texas takeaway this week, and it's because there were a few people who I I, I won't name names because I'm not that kind of person who told me that Kansas was going to cover against Texas. Who? I'm not going to name names. I actually don't know who this is. Um, and and I told I them this was me. I was like, oh, no. shit, what did I do? I, I, and I told them, I was like, hey, you don't know ball if you think if you think Texas isn't going to cover this game. If, if they're not going to win by a lot a lot of points here, um, I laid out the arguments for them, and I, I posted. If you if you are a follower of the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Twitter at Run the Table at Run underscore the underscore table underscore um on instagram <laughs> and then i think it's actually just run the table five is it it's five on twitter so, i don't uh, remember what the tiktok is i was like because like the youtube's like seven nine six eight i don't know um you you heard my analysis of the game and basically what it boiled down to was as good as well coached as kansas is and as well coached as, as texas has seemed to be this year texas just has better athletes 
And that absolutely showed up on the field on Saturday. And yes, um, Jalen Daniels didn't play for Kansas. But we've seen Jason Bean play before. The he's guy good. can play can yeah. play football. Like he's one of the better backups in the country. Like he had to play last year, and it didn't really feel like they missed a beat that much. Um, and so and so people are going to talk about the backup and, and yada yada yada. I I maybe you can talk about the backups for the other games. This one I I, I don't buy it. Jason Bean's a very very good quarterback um, at the FBS level. Texas athletes. It was that simple. Their offensive and defensive line this year have been wreaking havoc. I mean, kind of like nobody thought they would. They are 33rd in offensive EPA. They are 8th in defensive EPA. They have the 12th overall best EPA in the country. And that's playing one of the tougher schedules, Mm. um, you know, in college football. It's not opponent-adjusted EPA. Like, the fact that, you know, they put up 34 against Alabama. The fact that, um, you know, I I guess, you know, beating Kansas by, uh, was it 26 26 points yes 26 points very impressive um a lot of teams can't say that about their schedule um even wyoming like wyoming's a fantastic uh team this year um did they end up losing this week i think they did i can't remember who they were playing um no i think they won did they i think they're four and one yeah that wyoming defense is one of the best in the country hung 31 up on them and yes i know there's a little bit of a talent gap there doesn't matter still hung up 31 on them um yeah won that game very easily so like and and there was a lot of people that were like, oh texas is never back and, and yada, yada guys throw all that out the window this texas team is different like they might be i currently have them as is the number two team in the country in my top 25 you can make the argument like you that they're the number one team in the country and i would listen and probably agree with you uh if you're as good of a argument arguer as, as Bobby is um, but if, whatever happens this week you know whether they win or lose in the in the Red River Texas is legit this year they are for real and it's time and, and I know the AP has but it's time people start taking them seriously and it's like it's like 16 and a half points against Kansas is not enough and, and that's really what, where all this stems from because um, Texas isn't being doubted by a majority of the people, but the few people that still are because they can't get the past Texas teams out of their head. I just need you to wake up. Like it's it's a lot of the um, Jonathan uh, Brooks is unbelievable. By the way, yeah, I was about to say he should be in, in the Heisman race. I don't know why he's not six hundred. Okay. Well, because he's yards. not he's not a quarterback. That's why. Well, yeah, he sh- he should still be in that area. Six hundred rushing yards, five touchdowns, um, s- a seven yards a carry. I would put Luther Burden in the Heisman race. Put them both in. You know? you know what? I like the way you think. But, um, oh, you know what it is? It's a lot of college, you know, teenage boys. No, Texas never back. No, Texas <laughs> is It's because they don't remember a time when Texas was it's good. Just, it's annoying. It's like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's like they latch onto these, like, internet memes, and it just clouds their judgment for the rest of time. It's like you can have independent thoughts. You don't have to just agree with what NFL memes says on Twitter. Exactly. And and, and the thing about it, it's like it's like – Especially with college football, year over year over year, the teams are so different. This yeah. year's team has literally nothing to do with 2019's team. Right. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, this Texas team is for real. Uh, Lane Giffen is still an elite play, play caller. Um, this was a big win uh, for Ole Miss. Maybe not the – no, it wasn't the signature when I was talking about. I don't think LSU was that team this year. Like, no. I now have them 23 in my top 25. I don't think LSU is the, you know, five-star blue chip, 
you know, mega program right now. I think that type of win would have to be saved for, you know, um, I don't know, maybe a Texas A&M team later on that's like 7-1 and one with a win over Alabama or, of course, the big one over Georgia in Athens. Um, but... But still, a huge win for an Ole Miss team that is absolutely has the possibility of going nine and three or ten and two this year, which would be you know really impressive at Ole Miss given the uh, given the division and some of the talent within that division, which is frankly better than Ole Miss has or really has had in years. Maybe Hugh Freeze's uh, teams a few years back, but you look up at some of the numbers they have had on offense, and outside of the Alabama game, which I know was their worst, it's 73 points, 37 adjusted to 30 in the two-lane, 48 against a poverty Georgia Tech school, admittedly, and 55 against LSU. And that Georgia Tech game was close in the fourth quarter. They just, I, I when I looked back at it, it was 24 fourth-quarter points that they scored. Yeah. Uh, which helped. Um so they're doing good things, and you think back on Lane, and it is the sort of offenses and offensive dynasties that this guy and Sark have been, you know, kind of a part of that, you know, um, uh, that have had so much success. You think of, you know, middle two thousands USC, you know, a Tennessee team in there. F it, the Raiders. No, I'm just kidding. But Alabama in the middle... 60 20, or was it 70-yard field goal? Right. Alabama in the middle 2010s, um, you know... You know, Sark's doing his thing at Texas now and Ole Miss with Lane. He's doing this at a lot of different places. Obviously, he doesn't have the athletes that Alabama does. That's always going to be difficult as a play caller when you absolutely just cannot match up against the other team across from you. But in a game where, you know, he has probably still lesser athletes than LSU and he can pretty much just um, prey upon, you know, LSU's over-aggressiveness in places or, um, I don't know, poor poor schemes in some places, lack of communication. Uh, he really put on a display. And, yes, guys were wide open, but that's kind of the point when you're play-calling. When you create those opportunities, it's not players making plays. It's a team getting out-coached, and that's exactly what happened in the LSU game. LSU did not have their guys in, in position to succeed because Lane made it tough for them. That is, that is, you know, an LSU defense that is getting circles coached around them, that has guys that are open by 15 yards on one side of the field. And, yes, it's some ineptitude by LSU, but it's still out-coaching a guy, and that's what Lane did. He deserves credit. His defense tried its best, still really melted, um, giving up 49 points. Uh, But I think he still showed the ability um, to really... And you know what? Frankly, I think he's taken it up a notch even as a play caller. I think uh, his ability with the run game, you know, especially when he probably doesn't have those sorts of guys on the offensive line. You know, at USC back in the day, they did. At Alabama, he certainly did. But nowadays, he's kind of having to create just by scheme, kind of doing it the, you know, Tennessee way, spreading the field out as much as you can, running the ball up the middle, makes it tough to stop, and he's doing a good job of that. I'm going to push back a little bit. Um, LSU is only better than Boston College and Stanford in terms of defensive EPA. EPA. They are only better than Boston College in terms of dropback EPA. Is it is it adjusted EPA? No, this is just they straight have, up. They have played Ole Miss and Florida State. They like they're but they also played Arkansas whose pass yeah. offense is is donkey do and KJ Jefferson threw for like 380 yeah. yards. Like I Yes, Lane is he always will be a great offensive play caller, but I don't think that's the game to hang your hat on. Just yeah. Fifty five still a lot. It's a lot of points. But like 
But like if Florida State needed to, they would have been able to hang up fifty five. He too. doesn't have he doesn't have Keon Coleman and I guess uh, that's Johnny true. Wilson. I guess that's I guess that's true. Um, okay, this is more so a, like a rhetorical question. Question. Although I would, if I could get a, 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 any sort of media company CEO to answer this, it would be fantastic. Why did you want the Big Ten before they added USC and UCLA? Like, why were you shelling out seventy million dollars a year, um, up to a hundred million dollars? Like, what about the Big Ten says yes, this is a great conference. The there are <laughs> the, the drop off after Ohio. It, are Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State really worth that much? I guess so. Because the drop-off... Did he throw another one? Yes. (laughs) I made a timely takeaway about this. Um, Because the drop-off after those three teams is... Like, Maryland is probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten. And the only reason I have Maryland in my top 25 is because they're 5-0. I don't know if Maryland's that good of a team. Um, The entire Big Ten West is absolute poverty. There's nothing good about them. Um... And, and the Big Ten East with Indiana. Rutgers might be okay this year, um, but Indiana's awful. Michigan State's abysmal. Um, we we talked about we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. but like, how is it? Like, I I just don't understand how this conference is worth a hundred million dollars a year. People per team. watch Nebraska. I don't get it, man. But I guess Nebraska with the fan base and, and the, Michigan and State a little bit, but it's just it. And, and it's probably just because of the ratings of the teams and, and Michigan, Ohio State, every single year is the highest rated. Well, not every single year, but in recent memory is the highest rated college football when game. When they're both good. Exactly. And maybe that's enough to carry it. But like, because uh, I was looking at that, this, I was like, I was like, how? Like, I understand with Oregon, Washington, USC and UCLA, how you would pay that much money. But when it was just those three teams, I was like, it's like, this makes zero sense. It, it, what what is the draw here? Meanwhile, you got and and yes, the SEC you know might be down this year, but their middle tier is still much better than the Big Ten's middle tier. And I don't think it's particularly close. Um, so I just I would love to interview a, a, a guy, be like, hey, what's the reasoning behind this? And if he just straight up told me that it was because of Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, I'd be like, okay, cool. But like, I just want to know why. Yeah. I want to know why behind it. Um, nothing has changed in Florida. Um, it's a double man. They got absolutely crushed by Wait, Kentucky. Hear, hear me out. What if what if it's just a home and away type thing? Yeah, maybe. Um, frankly, I thought Kentucky wasn't that good. Like I, I, I really didn't this year. Noah Levi's. They've got Devin Leary now. Um, slimmest of margins. Wow. Man. <laughs> Literally point oh two points. Uh-oh. Um, but, uh oh. But. Yeah, so, uh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. Uh, Florida. Um, yeah, I didn't think Kentucky that was that good of a team this year. No, Will Levi's. I obviously have Devin Leary now. But um, but getting blown out like that, I thought they'd lose that game. But getting blown out like that was absolutely stunning to me. Frankly, after the Tennessee game, I thought, okay, well, you know, Utah's defense has been really good. Maybe there's some of that. And, you know... Maybe this isn't that bad of a team, but they just had a really bad performance with some bad mistakes and bad penalties. And then this game happened. It was like, nope, no, they're still that bad. Yeah, they're absolutely that bad. And, uh, and you know, you can beat a Tennessee team, even if they're decent, which, you know, I don't really think they're that good, um, at home, catch them in a bad spot. You can do that. But going on the road against you know, really a fundamentally sound Kentucky team, regardless of how good they are, that kind of shows what type of team you have. Yeah. And this is what Florida's been for years and years, since Urban even. You know, I mean, for, for 15, 20 years now, uh, they just have not been 
uh, up to par there. Um, and uh, and I don't think anything has changed. I thought for a second, and this is my fault, that you know uh, after the Tennessee game, I was like, all right, well, the defense is so-. no. No, this is just not a, it's just plain and simple, not a good football team. So um, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Napier's back on the hot seat. We'll see what happens. He'll probably have to go seven and five. I, to, I uh, think he'll be okay job. this year. Okay, they're recruit like they're recruiting well for a team that's, that's three and two. Bad. Yeah, like it, it's actually kind of surprising how well Florida like recruits given the the state of the program. Um, okay, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take this time to do my weekly AP poll rant. I already kind of talked to you about this. Um, so I said on Twitter that the AP poll has an SEC bias. I stand by that. The fact that Tennessee and LSU are ranked is an issue, um, and it's an even bigger issue when you look at the fact that LSU is ranked 23rd and Clemson has five votes or nine votes, like. Both teams are three and two, and Clemson's resume is a hundred percent better. Clemson looks better based off the eye test. There is no reason that LSU should be ranked above Clemson if you were to do like. There's no there's no variable measurement that that would put Clemson ahead. Oh no, Gino, I need you to convert there. Um, that would put LSU over Clemson. Like there's none, and the loss to Ole Miss just should have should have put it away. Um, get housed by Florida State. Obviously, Clemson plays Florida State insanely close, goes to overtime. Um, as for Tennessee, I just don't think Tennessee's that good of a team. They they lost pretty badly to a Florida team that just lost by 100 points to Kentucky and lost to Utah. Like, I just don't think Tennessee's that good, and, and they're kind of being propped up because they're 4-1. I, I, personally, I don't know if they're a top 25 team. I, I think that the SEC West... It's kind of weird in the sense that I think Texas A&M is the second best team in that in, in that division, and they're not ranked. Uh, meanwhile, LSU and Tennessee are. Um, I do think the SEC East, though, is very fairly ranked in terms of Kentucky and Missouri. I think that those two teams have earned it. They absolutely deserve to be in the top 25. And honestly, I don't know if they're high enough. So um, I really just... Did he make it? He made it. Um, I just don't. I don't get the LSU and Tennessee thing. I really don't. I, I, I thought when that was the first thing when I saw that I was like, "Yeah, no, that's not okay. You can't do that. What, uh, disgusting, disgrace, shame on you, AP poll voters." Again, um, NFL, NFL, um, big week in the NFL. Tough week for our picks. Um, <laughs> a lot of I went three and three. A lot of upsets, fine. really. I thought yeah. you know the Bengals was a big one. Jets played better in Stroud and the, the Texans. Stroud and the Texans, not just upset, but annihilated the Steelers. Um, uh, I'll probably make a DTR takeaway instead of one of the ones I have. Um, but I would like to apologize to the Bills. Yeah, um, that's my first takeaway. I. It's not that I think that this team. It's sort of. I'm back to how I felt last year about this team, which is that they're not really a real contender for the Super Bowl. Um, I originally thought, you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago that this team, like, wasn't going to win the division. They're probably going to win this division. Um, they absolutely slobbered on the Dolphins. It was 48-20. to 20. Don't want to overreact too much, but they looked much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're a more complete team. Um, they I, definitely look like they can run the ball now. Yeah, so. I, think, I think that they kind of proved that. I don't know if they caught... Miami at the right time. I don't know what the situation was, but um, but that felt like uh, 
That felt like a statement. Um, I absolutely think this is a playoff team. I still think Josh Allen's not consistent enough to play no. great for yeah. four straight games and win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to have an absolute egg in there um, in the snow in Buffalo or, you know, in snowy Cincinnati, whatever the situation might be. Well, not Cincinnati <laughs> this year, Rip. Um, snowy Baltimore, perhaps. Um, but... Uh, you know, yeah, I don't think he's consistent enough. I don't think that team's consistent enough to win a Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. could prove me wrong. They're definitely talented enough, but they have not proved that they are consistent enough against, you know, the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, let alone, you know, um, a, a true contender. So I still think that's um cross they have to have to bear, but uh, they proved that they are absolutely good enough to win the division. So at least in that respect, I would like to apologize to the Bills. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And that's kind of what you get with Josh Allen, right? You take the week one game because it gives you weeks two through four. Right. But you know you're going to get week one again at some point in this season. And it's probably going to be more than once. Yep. Um, my first takeaway, Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson is looking like even more buffoonery than I originally thought it would. Um, obviously, in the 2022 draft class, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars had the number one overall pick. And they decided to go with Mr. Traits Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson who I think everybody, maybe not everybody, but a good amount of people had as the number one overall player in that class. And what has Aiden Hutchinson done since? Well, currently he is the NFL leader in pressures with 27. He has over half of the Lions' total pressures. Um, I think he's got four and a half sacks. He's forced uh, two fumbles or a fumble. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week in, um, in Week 3. He has been absolutely everything you could have imagined. Um, was a defensive rookie of the year finalist last year. What has Trayvon Walker done? I think he has two pressures. Right. Um, has not developed. And yes, he, he was a guy who needed a lot of time to develop that pass rush arsenal. He's been okay in the run. Like, he's not even that good in the run game. And I, I, honestly, the more and more I think about this, I saw on Twitter, Trent Bulky took Trayvon Walker because he hates Jim Harbaugh that much. <laughs> like that that is the only thing that makes sense because there is no yes the traits are great they're fantastic there's no way in how that Trayvon Walker should have been thinking over Aiden Hutchinson I refuse to believe it just absolutely refuse to believe it so um Trent Balky you should be fired my good friend um Daniel Jones is absolutely not that guy um I made this takeaway midway through the Seahawks uh Giants game and it has only gotten so much worse um, you look at this guy's stats this year. He has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, through for 137 yards against the San Francisco. <gasps> oh, he it. oh my god! Against the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, if he lost that, that would have been big for you. Um, yeah, through for 137 yards against the Niners. 100 yards against the the Cowboys. Uh, multiple picks against the Cowboys. A pick against the Niners. Played well in the Cardinals game. Did play well in the Car- Cardinals game, leading them to a comeback. It is the Cardinals after all. But you know what? He did play well, so give him credit there. Tonight, he is having his worst game of really a long time, at least of the year. Uh, he's thrown two picks, a pick six. Both of them have been very bad picks. Um 187 yards passing, so still, you know, way way below what you're looking for. Um, I think Bryce is in a bad spot in fantasy because of him somehow. But uh, the point being, this guy is absolutely not the guy. I think he's in his third or fourth year, and tonight he looks like the third best quarterback on the football field. Uh, Gino has looked better. Um, Drew Locke has looked better, and he <laughs> yeah. is a backup for uh, for the Seahawks. So absolutely, um, 
really an abysmal performance from Daniel Jones. And I would listen to some, and I, and frankly, I've made some of the excuses for Daniel Jones on why he's maybe a low-level starter rather than not a starter at all. But I won't listen to the concerns of his lack of receiver help, which, you know, are sort of valid if he wasn't one of the very worst quarterbacks in the NFL, which he is. If he was a guy that was, let's say, six touchdowns to four interceptions and hanging in there and getting the Giants to two and two and, you know, um, uh, putting in some, you know, gutsy performances and some last second drives, okay, I would listen to that. But I absolutely will not hear that when they are one and three. They've gotten absolutely blown out in, I think, three of these games now. Mm-hmm. And their only win was a three point win against the Arizona Cardinals, who are now one and three as well. So, uh, no, I will not hear any of that. Um, he has been absolutely abysmal. I don't think he's a starting quarterback, let alone a franchise quarterback. He is just not a good player. Um, he's never once in his career been a great player. Uh, and I don't really think he's been a good player. So, yeah. um, I don't really get some of like the giant hopefulness. I don't know why they haven't made more moves to get quarterback, but, uh, but he's not the guy. Um, yeah, no. So I had, you know, going, he had, Daniel Jones. I was down by like five points to start the night. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to lose by like half a point. Um, it's it's tough. It's frustrating. Um, the one thing I hate about the league I'm in it's it, it's the only league like this. So it's a dynasty league. It's not best ball. Uh, to me, if you're not playing best ball fantasy, what's the point? It's 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 all luck based at that point, right? I, it, did I start the right guy? I didn't start Michael Wilson. Oh. And that's and that's why I'm going to lose essentially. Um, so it's it's a tough week all around. Don't play non best ball. It's dumb. It's stupid. Also, for whatever reason, fumbling the ball is is not negative points unless you lose it. I, I don't understand that because um, that last fumble, it would have been it, 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 I would have won. I would have won. Did I deserve to win this week? No, I put up 118 points. No, I didn't Ouch. deserve to win. But that's not the point. The point is I should have won. Okay. Takeaway number two. The AFC South is the best QB conference in the NFL. What do you think about that? It isn't. Obviously, of course. Well, of course, I'm just kidding. But it might be soon. Um, Why why do I say this? Well, when you look at how CJ Stroud is playing, unfreaking believable right now. Um, He's going to challenge Justin Herbert for best rookie season We've seen from a quarterback. I mean, he's played that well. Has, I think, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. One of two quarterbacks so far this season um, that that has that stat. The other one, Brock Purdy. Crazy. Um, No, but C.J. Stroud has been... He's been better than I've ever... Like, I put the ceiling for C.J. Stroud. I said he is capped out at the eighth-best quarterback in the NFL. I, I think I was wrong about that. Like, he... Right, the way he's playing right now only only shows me that you know the sky's the limit with him. Um, what he did to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was surgical. It was NFL vet like. Um, seriously, through four games, I don't know if anybody's impressed me more as a rookie than CJ Stroud. Um, Anthony Richardson, I, I I don't know how much I have to say about him. He's one of my favorite. Uh, was one of my favorite players coming out last year. Um, He's got all the tools and intangibles to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Some of the throws he made last week were unbelievable. Um, still has to still has to polish some things up, but man, he looks like a special quarterback. Obviously, huge T Law guy. T Law's phenomenal. Just needs some help from his gosh dang offense for crime any sakes. 
Um, the, the, the real team that's going to hold them back is the Tennessee Titans. Will Levi's? Currently, it's Ryan Tannehill. Um, Will Levi's might be okay in the future. Um, honestly, I don't know what to make of Will Levi's. I really don't. Uh, and, and the Tennessee Titans are never going to be bad enough to be able to get a premier quarterback. Um, but right now, who are they competing with? Uh, the AFC West has got two really good quarterbacks in Herbert and Mahomes, but it's Wilson and Aiden O'Connell. Yep. Um, who else? North, Jackson, Burrow, Watson, and then obviously Pickett's Kenny a bum. Pickett. Um, well, the way Joe Burrow's playing this year, which I'll get into, uh, nope, not that conference. Yeah, that's true. Um and outside of that, I mean, I guess, I guess you would probably say the NFC West with Purdy, Geno, and Matthew Stafford. But like, oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I would. Okay, then I would say the West probably or AFC West probably. Just right because now. the top two are top, yeah, fair. Uh, okay, no, maybe the I don't know AFC North. Maybe I don't know. It's it's actually an interesting question now that I think about it. Like because they're still they're still the rookies, right? But it, if it would I were be to, the AFC East, if it wasn't for um, Rogers oh, I guess yeah, I guess that's right. To yeah. uh, to uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Max then Max. Well, Max did. Um, listen, I pose this question to you: If I were to tell you you get this quarterback division the way it's set right now for the next ten to twelve years, which quarterback division are you taking? I don't know. It's a good one. It's a good question to ask. Okay, um, back over to you. I think if it's ten to twelve years, I think it would take the AFC North. I think, but. I think it's close. It is close. Um, Taylor Swift hoopla. Wait, is it because you get DTR? (laughs) Um, Taylor Swift hoopla. I kind of get it now. Um, So Sunday Night Football, Jets, the uh, what I'm calling the Taylor Swift game. I'm confused. Why are we? Did you watch a Taylor Swift game last night? Are we talking about Taylor Swift? This is an... Because it was important. And and I actually think you'll empathize. Oh, well, empathizing with you, but... First you do... First you do golf. Yeah. And then you, okay, Swift. wow. I guess I guess we I you know I never really it's usually just takeaways, right? So I don't should, really specify. So did you watch the Taylor Swift game last night? I don't know what that was. That was did the, she play like some yeah. sort of sports ball? No, no. no. Well, um, was she playing? Was she? That's what they're calling. Did she, did she play baseball? The Taylor Swift game. Was she? Was she? Well, one to of the baseball New games York. to New York, right? So, um, so th- that was the Taylor Swift game. What was so the Jets Chiefs game? Was the Taylor Swift oh, game. Jets Chiefs that game? Yeah. Okay, so okay. so the Chiefs uh, won twenty three to twenty. It was actually a phenomenal game. Zach Wilson played really well. So I was, I was watching, very impressed by it. I was watching the Taylor Swift game last night. And what what is this Taylor Swift game you keep referring to? She and they and they showed a lot of Taylor Swift, a lot of Taylor Swift before the game. And frankly, folks, her big her big debut was the Chiefs Bears game, and a lot of people won't name names, but were they were. I mean, furious with with this inclusion of of any Taylor Swift in any part of uh, of the game and uh, of the talk afterwards. I didn't really get it. Um, it wasn't a very eventful Sunday. A lot of blowouts, a lot of ugliness, um, especially in the game she debuted in. Um, and and I and and frankly, it was new. You know what I mean? It was a new storyline. It was Taylor Swift. I was infatuated with it. Um, and then, you know, so there was a lot of Taylor Swift content posted. I liked to see it, frankly. I did. I liked to see it. Um, a lot of people didn't like to see it. I didn't really get that. What I do, though, now is I kind of get it. Like, it's a lot. Um, the Voice had a promotion before the game. 
apparently they cut to Taylor Swift cutting off touchdown celebrations from players who weren't even Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, first touchdown they did that. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco with his touchdown run. They didn't even show his celebration. It was actually Taylor Swift. Um, listen, I still like it because I'm such a fan of all of pop culture. I'm not going to complain about it. But now I actually empathize with it, and I can see how it could bother people. It doesn't bother me. Um, I don't think it ever will, frankly. Um, Did you see that the NFL made Taylor Swift their header? And they- Yeah. Taylor Swift, they made her their header, their bio, yeah. right? Um, yeah. uh, Swifty, or Chiefs are 2-0 and as Swifties um, after a couple of controversial calls, which, like, you know, whatever. It's obviously not the social media intern's fault that they made bad calls, like, obviously. But... Uh, I could see how it could, how it could ruffle some feathers. Um, I, you know, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised that you got your feathers ruffled by it, but I just didn't, I didn't view it in that frame of mind at all. Now I'm like, all right, yeah, that's valid. Like if you have that complaint, you know, I don't really blame you. Okay. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. If it was happening during a Browns game, what would your, if she was at a Browns game, I don't think I would care. I mean, well, what if they cut to her 14 times? What? What if they cut to her 14 times? Oh, in the, in the game from last night? Um. Yeah, in the Chiefs Bears game, like if we were up forty-one to three and they showed Taylor Swift, I'd be like, "You, you, you tell him, you were, Tay, even Tay." If you were down. Oh well, I would just be pissed off at everything. So I would, <laughs> I would probably cuss out everybody at that point. But, um, but if I was a if I was a Jets or Chiefs fan, if you were a Jets um, fan last night, so say say the the Chiefs are playing the Browns, it's at it's at. Cleveland Brown Stadium oh, yeah. now. Well, and it, it would be the same thing. I would be cussing everyone out. You know, I would be pissed. I heard a Jets fan complain about that, saying like, you know, like they were sweating bullets and all they had to see was Taylor Swift. I'm sure that would be annoying, but everything's annoying when your team's losing. If you're yeah, winning um, um, in a close game when you're up, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I, I I wish I had a better answer, but I I, I would I would have to be I I've never had something like that happen, so I can't really say exactly how I'd feel. But I I think um I think of course I would be I would be pissed I would be pissed off if we lost and Taylor like of course, but I would be pissed off about everything. I think if we won and it happened and it was taking away from the talk of how good the team was, but like that's the thing with the Chiefs, it's the Chiefs. You know what I yeah. mean? All we do is talk about how good the Chiefs are. You know so. I don't think That's I fair. would have much of a problem with it if I was a Chiefs fan, but I don't know. Unless I'm in that spot, I guess I can't really say. Um, okay, uh, guys, I think we need to have a serious conversation about the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Well, they're they're one and three, and they just got housed by the Tennessee Titans. Um, they lost twenty-seven to three, and their one win has been a two-point win against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are fine, but the Bengals might just be bad again. I don't really know. I think a lot of it stems from, yes, Joe Burrow is not healthy. That calf is really limiting what he's been able to do. Guys, through four games, he has a 57.6 completion percentage. Not like Joe Burrow at all. He has 728 yards. He has games of 82 yards, 222 259, and 165. He has two total touchdowns on the season. They both came in their Week 2 game against the uh, against the Ravens. He's got two interceptions. His QB rating is 69. Nice. Nice. But, uh, guy, what, what are we doing? His 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 QB rating in 22 was 100.8. His QB rating in 21 was 108.3. 
whatever hap- whatever's happening in Cincinnati right now is not good. The only quarterback that has been worse than Joe Burrow up until this point was Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson played a, a pretty darn good game on Sunday Night Football. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe Zach Taylor needs to be fired. Right. Which I've heard some Bengals fans call for his job. Um, I, I The main complaint I'm hearing is that um, the running game, which has been solid, he just doesn't he doesn't use it. Um, and he's trying to you – know, the, their offensive line isn't great. Um, and, and so there's not really much downfield passing you can do, which kind of stinks considering your wide receivers are Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Great down the field. You got to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And what does that mean? It means a lot of bubble screens. It means, you know, just regular jailbreak screens or slants. Not really taking advantage of of the best uh, strengths of your wide receiver core. Yikes. Big yikes for the Cincinnati Bengals. Honestly, kind of on them for not having a backup quarterback that would justify sitting Joe Burrow until he's healthy. Um, it is kind of funny, if I'm going to be right. honest, because Bengals fans were very obnoxious for two years uh, about that team, and they're kind of getting some of their own medicine here. Um, DTR's quarterback debut was the worst I've ever seen. Um, no, Nathan Peterman. I, I I would take this one. I'm sorry. Stop he, it. He obviously threw. I think we need to watch the Nathan Peterman game. Yeah, again. we do. Well, listen. I would like to. I would like to go through the the DTR game again because it was bad. Throws three picks. Obviously, Nathan Peterman threw how many? Five. Five. Um, the thing was, DTR had absolutely two balls that could have been picked weren't. Then, outside of that, has so many awkward plays and just dangerous throws that easily could have been picked. But he was so bad they weren't because he missed the throw, even in a bad read where he's trying to throw into double or triple coverage. Um, but he misses the throw so badly it can't be caught by anyone because it's not within 30 yards of any receiver or even player. Um, his confidence was absolutely rattled immediately. He was just trying to play the hero. Um, it was one of those situations where it was like... Uh, Clearly, the game speeds up on you, and you like try to play it cool, like you know, oh, I got this, and he just didn't have it. He was extremely rattled. Didn't look that way in preseason. Obviously, it's different. Um, uh, he looked comfortable in the preseason. He was never comfortable in this game. A lot of people are blaming the play caller. I'm not. Uh, he just was not good enough. You have to be able to throw the ball to beat one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, you can't just give the ball to Jerome Ford, who was averaging like a yard a carry uh, for the majority of this game. And rely on him and pretend like that's going to going to work. It won't. Uh, you have to be able to throw the football in third and obvious situations, even in second and long situations. You have to be able to throw the football. Baltimore was sell out against the run, which they did. Um, and uh, and and he was he was abysmal. He was okay at times with his legs, but I even go back to the Johnny Manziel game, and I was like, no, this is worse. Like he threw so many bad passes, so many balls that could have been picked off. But it weren't, um, and obviously the three picks were were really bad. Uh, yeah, he, he just he just it was just the most obvious situation of the lights being too bright for a player I've seen since Dante Moore. Can I raise you this stat line? Six for 14, 66 yards, five interceptions, a QBR of .6, and a quarterback rating of seventeen point nine. That was a bad debut. That was a bad <laughs> debut. <laughs> I think that one might be worse. Um, okay, so yeah, the Broncos won, but they are really bad. Like the, I I don't know how much more we have to see of this Broncos defense giving up seventy points to the Dolphins. 
making Justin Fields look like a competent quarterback. Like they, there was a stat they literally in their in their last two first halves have given up one completion. Wow. Um, Justin Fields was damn near perfect in the in the. I think he was perfect in the first half, and looked like an NFL starting quarterback. You were down twenty-one to seven. I think at one point you were down twenty-eight to seven. You're down twenty-one points. You come back and win. But this Browns team, Probably. or this, this Bears team, I meant to say, oh. this Bears team is the literal poverty scum of the NFL this year. They are a dumpster fire of an organization. Their defensive coordinator is gone, and we don't know what happened to him. And it didn't really seem like the Bears were, were you know that sad that he left. Matt Eberflus has to ask or has to answer a billion questions about why Chase Claypool isn't on the team or isn't with the team right now. Chase Claypool is an awful wide receiver that they traded a thirty-second overall pick for. Um, for I think it was thirteen receptions over the course of eighteen games, um, and and. The Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson at quarterback, Corton Sutton, Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, a defense last year that was a top five defense in every statistical, maybe not every statistical category, but it, they were a top five defense in total defense and, and points scored against. And the past two weeks have been about as bad as they could possibly be, uh, you know, for being one and one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Sean Payton's gotten himself into. I don't know if this is somewhat because of him or or what, um, but it's bad. It is it is atrociously bad. Uh, the fact that I, I'm going to put a little bit of it on Sean Payton because Marvin Mims has the most receiving yards on the Denver Broncos, and he has like a third of the targets that everybody else does. Right. Uh, what Marvin Mims does with the ball in his hands is fantastic. He didn't get the ball enough. Also, Vance Joseph should never call another defense ever again in this league, ever. I mean, if it weren't for the absolute ineptness of Luke Getze, uh, the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, then Justin Fields probably would have put up 400 yards on this defense. So maybe it's time to restart with that defensive hire and see if you can get anybody else, literally anybody else, please. Um, The NFC North is done. Congrats. The Detroit Lions. Oh, hey, oh, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Congrats. Hey, yo, hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. Let us just pump the brakes. I want to be the first to congratulate you. And then, 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 we are a quarter of the way into the season. Let's not do and this. And it is already over. Wait, hold the, hold on a second. How? How? Explain. No, it's not over. I'm about to explain. The Detroit Lions are your 2023 no. NFC North champs. No. Put a fork in it. No. It is done. No, it's not. Folks, it's not done. This Lions-Packers game felt not to me done. a bit like Steelers-Browns in the, in, the, in the playoffs. Not because it was the first time, but because it was the most dominant time. That first half was an abomination. 27 to 3 at halftime. This game was over and done with. Obviously, the Packers scored a couple of touchdown or uh, garbage time touchdowns to end this game, but they could not stop David Montgomery. Period. Bottom line. This was a bloodbath. I mean, it took a mediocre Jared Goff performance to keep the Packers even remotely close in this game. But when you talk about 43 rushes, 211 yards on the ground, you know what I call that? An absolute beatdown 
of physical domination. That's what this was. And the point being, it's not just that the Lions are better than the Packers. They're on a different level. And to that, it's really pretty much impossible for the Packers to come back. And you look at the other teams in this division, and it is the Bears who might be one of the worst teams in professional football we've seen in a long time. And it's the Vikings who are 1-3, who could easily be 0-4 right now, had had uh, had the had the Panthers not blown that game, I mean we would be talking about what would absolutely uh, be a division that is over. So this thing's done, and and you I look, just don't like this. And you look at Green Bay like and, and the two wins they have, and it's the Bears who are like we said as bad as advertised, and us one point one over the Saints who look to be so fraudulent, and and then you look at that Falcons loss, they're not getting any better like. This resume, and obviously we don't do this in the NFL, but this resume is abysmal. And what it should tell you is Packers might be in it for a long season. It certainly looks like that this. way with the Vikings and their defense. And even Kirk Cousins' inconsistencies. Uh, he did not play well against um, uh, the Panthers uh, this week. Only, I think, 139 passing yards. They didn't ask him to do a lot, but, but still, um, I think a late pick in the Chargers game that, that definitely hurt. So... Um, so yeah, like this, this thing is, uh, is pretty much done. And that's before I even get into the fact that your Lions are playing really well right now. Um, you know, Jared Goff, despite not playing great in the, in the, in the Packers game has pretty much cemented himself very close to the top 10, uh, as an NFL quarterback, which I didn't think was possible, uh, even, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, so uh, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. You have the pa- Panthers next week. That should be a win. Uh, Buccane- Buccaneers, the win after that, or the game after that. Um, I would expect, you know, nine and eight, ten and seven to get this done. And and my prediction was ten and seven. Um, and I think that would be more than enough to get this division done. So, um, why do you have to do this? I think it's pretty much over. I want to be first on this. We're four games through. I don't really see a pathway for any of the other teams to win this division. Are you are you happy? I mean, there's a scenario in which eight and nine gets this thing done, but I'll be safe and say that you can get it done at ten and seven, nine and eight. I don't really see a way in which you guys don't get there. I'm calling it. Are you happy with what with what you just did? I'm being first on this. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. I just. Uh... I can't believe you would do something like this. So, so what happens when you? Because this is obviously going to come back and bite and bite the Lions in the butt. So, what are you going to say? Are you, if you guys don't win the division, I'll apologize. I apologize like twice or three times this week. Wait, but but do you know what that would do to me? And, and it, you know it would be on so, you. I said I was sorry. <laughs> but I said I'm sorry. Isn't that good enough? No. Uh, okay, guys. Listen, there was there was a lot of people. Uninformed people, I should say, on the internet this week, calling for Brandon Staley's job again and calling him, you know, uh, I, I have called for his job, yes, but not for this particular okay. reason. Um, and calling him, you know, a, a, an idiot, uh, a guy who doesn't know ball. And it's because of his decision to go for it on fourth and one. Um, this is the second week in a row on fourth and one with a lead that he's decided to go for it from his own territory. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It was the right decision both times. 
What? Yeah, it was. The fact that the Chargers could not get a single yard is the bigger issue. It was absolutely the right decision to go for it. And here's here's what I'm going to point to. When they were playing the Vikings, going for it there, if they get it, adds plus point or plus nine percent win percentage points to their overall outcome. If they get it, there is a guaranteed chance that they win that game. This it's not a guaranteed chance if they don't get it. But say you go for it, right? So I got the, I got Ben Baldwin's um, punt bot out right now, and I put in the situation. Fourth and one from your own 34-yard line. You're up by seven points. There's 334 left. The, the Raiders have one timeout left. This The punt bot says go for it. Why? Because it adds 2.7% win percentage points. Okay? If you go for it and you get it, it's a 95% chance you're going to win. Obviously, if you don't get it, it was still 82% chance. They were up by um, a touchdown. Now, if you punt... There's only an 89% win percentage. It's very clear in that situation when it, when it's that big of a difference that you should go for it. It's a, it, it is something that the model believes very um, uh, very heavily. I would say medium. You know, it was a medium go for it suggestion. But I had somebody say, well, you don't go for it because your quarterback has a broken hand. He's running a QB sneak. What do you mean? What does that have to do with anything? Uh, maybe getting the snap. He'd already done that previously. Uh, this is two weeks in a row. I think it's a bigger issue. This is two weeks in a row that the Chargers have been in a fourth and one situation and haven't been able to pick it up. They're not manly enough up front. That's the problem. And I think a little bit of that is because of Brandon Staley. But Yeah, could I say that the win probability uh, bot doesn't quite factor in the Chargers' ineptitude in fourth and one situations? And <laughs> That's a knowing fair point. that, as Brandon Staley's co- <laughs> or as the coach of the Chargers, he should say, hey, we can't. Like, I just got to own it at this point. We just can't do this. I got to punt. You know what I mean? It's like... Like, Stefanski would always go for two because the analytics would tell us that's right. And I'm like, okay, but if you don't get it, like, it isn't right. So call a good play. And if you don't have a good play, then don't go to go for it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's like, as the head coach, you know you're the shoulders it falls on to come up with a good play. And if you have nothing, then throw out the analytics. The analytics doesn't have context. And context... Wait, wait but he does have a good play. It's a QB sneak. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, when you, when you talk about the QB sneak... And the percentage chance that it works. And it's going to be skewed a little bit because of how good Philadelphia is at it. But, like, I'm pretty sure the conversion rate of a of a, a third and one, second and one, fourth and one with a QB sneak is at, like, 75%. Yeah. Like, that is a play that is going to work more times than not. Just so happens that the Chargers cannot run it to save their life. Maybe it's a different, maybe you need a different call in that fourth and one situation. But guys, it was the right decision to go for it. It just didn't execute. And that's what it comes down to. And that's kind of the biggest or the bigger, you know, uh, discussion around analytics is that you got all these people in hindsight are like, oh, that was a bad call. No, it wasn't a bad call. You just got to call a better play, right? Uh, going forward on a fourth and two from the opponent's, uh, you know, 35-yard line isn't a bad idea. I would actually encourage going for it. But you've got to make sure it's a good play call. You can't run a crappy play and then expect to get to two yards. You've got to be, you got to be creative. you got to be, you know, you can't be vanilla with or it. Or you got to toughen up. And or you just got to toughen up. And, and, and honestly, the Chargers, that has been the biggest thing under Brandon Staley. They're just not tough. Yeah. Right? Um, so they definitely... Rooted in flash, not in substance. 
So this week, what they should do is literally only practice that. They have a bye week, actually. It's like it's like when you have a bad free throw week. <laughs> just shoot free throws. People are like, shoot free throws. Why aren't, why aren't we shooting free throws in practice? Shoot free throws in practice. Okay, so we just want us to not practice anything else? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Five hours of shooting free okay, throws. Okay, so then when we, make, when, you know, we dribble the ball off our foot, yeah. what are you going to say next? <laughs> uh, you good? Yep. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.